Hello again, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I'm glad that you're checking back in for your weekly information update. If you found the information helpful, it'd be great if you'd share that with some of your friends. There's a lot of folks out there that could use this information. Um, the reason I started this podcast was to try to broaden my audience out and be able to give that information to people that didn't necessarily come into my office. If you listen on tools as iTunes, Google, or Stitcher, those places like to see ratings. So if you think I'm doing a nice job, give me a like, give me some kind of a rating. If you think I need to do some changes, I'd be happy to hear that as well. I'm also interested in what kind of topics you think I might want to address next. Give me some feedback and we'll move in that direction. Let's get on with what we're going to talk about today, and that's going to be illnesses. Uh, we're three weeks into the year, three weeks after the time that a lot of folks decided they were going to make a New Year's resolution to get healthy. They're going to start adopting some healthy attitudes, some exercise is in their future. Unfortunately, a lot of folks come down with colds right around this time, about the three-week mark. It's a cold, it's a flu, it's some kind of an unknown uh, vague sickness that, that nobody can really put a finger on, but it happens a lot of times. Now, lots of people get sidelined from either injuries or illness at some point in their training. It's unfortunate that the people who are just starting to get into that habit have that happen to them about now. Just when they've finally almost broken into that habit and, and made it a part of their life, they get this illness bug. Um, now, there's some pretty solid research out there that talks about how the immune system is affected by our exercise. And for the most part, it's marvelous information. It's great stuff. Our immune systems are strengthened by regular, moderate exercise. The immune system is that part of our body which our body uses to respond to the stuff that we come into contact with, the stuff that we eat, the stuff that we drink, the stuff that we breathe, the droplets that other people sneeze out into the air or cough into the air. There are other ways that stuff can get into our body. And our immune system is the first line of defense when that stuff does hit us. Most people are somewhat familiar with the immune system, and we're probably most familiar with it by what happens to us when we feel like that immune system is breaking down. We typically call that a cold or a flu. Now, this idea that exercise boosts the immune system is true, but the wrong kind of exercise can decrease our immune response. I know that sounds kind of crazy, and I'm going to try to make some sense of that today. What's the right kind of exercise to do, and what's the kind of exercise that, especially in the beginning of our workout plan, as we're starting to get into this habit, what's the stuff we want to stay away from so we don't lower our immunity and increase our risk of getting sick? In the long term, regular exercise boosts our immune system as long as we are doing moderate intensity and of a limited duration. There's a pretty good art research article that was published in Clinical Sports Medicine Journal back in 2007 in July. The title of the article was called Exercise in the Immune System. If you Google that, you'll find it. Basically, what they said was long extended bouts of strenuous, not moderate, exercise is hardest on the body's immune system. There's a three-hour to 72-hour window there after long and strenuous exercise that our immune system is at its weakest and very susceptible to getting sick. Our goal is going to be shooting for moderate exercise for medium amounts of time. What's all that mean? All of our new workout folks have a couple of factors that they've got to think about. Uh, and the biggest is probably that they're not planning on doing long bouts of exercise, nor are they necessarily planning on doing intense exercise. The catch, though, is that if, you've, if you're a couch potato or if you're a former couch potato or a reforming couch potato, and I hope that's what all of us are, reforming couch potatoes, as we're starting to move from inactivity, everything we do is going to be either strenuous or long. So we have to consider what our activity level has been 
before we can come up with a determination of whether we're going too hard or whether we're going for too long. Ideal time frame length would be about 30 minutes for an exercise program. Some of these folks who just started exercising might have listened to their colleagues or their coworkers or their friends. They've had a wonderful experience with a certain friend's spinning class. We got a woman in town here who loves spinning. She's great at it. She teaches a great spinning class. It's really high intensity. It's packed with work. People come out of that class just dripping with sweat. If you're a regular exerciser, that's a great thing. If you're a new person and that's what you're going to start with is a 60-minute high-intensity spin class, you're going to have problems with that. And one of the problems that you're very likely to have is that you're going to get sick. Somewhere around the two- to three-week mark, you're going to be beating your immune system down and you're just going to get sick. I want to talk about some ways that we can prevent that. Choose an exercise that fits your activity level. We want something that's about 30 minutes in duration. That leaves a lot of spin classes and a lot of Zumba classes out. It also means that we need to do moderate exercise. What's the difference between moderate and strenuous and what, how long is too long? The government recommends that we get about 30 minutes of aerobic exercise five times a week. That's 150 minutes total. Aerobic exercise is defined as something that gets our heart rate up into the target range. We've got a maximum heart rate and we don't want to go too high. If we get above about 80% of our maximum heart rate, we start moving into a hard workout as opposed to medium or moderate workout. How do you figure out what your heart rate is? In the beginning, if you really have come from a, a position of no activity, if your job is pretty sedentary and you're not doing a whole lot, then what you want to use as your best gauge is going to be, can you work out at a level that allows you to carry on a conversation with the per person next to you on the treadmill? If we are working at a level that allows us to maintain a conversation, there's a very, very good chance that we are still in that moderate exercise range. Our heart rate should be between 60 and 80% of our maximum. So we want to, you to aim to work out at a level where you can still carry on a conversation. That might mean that if you're running, you've really got to cut your pace back. You've got to go a lot slower than you think you should. If you're doing Zumba, you might only have to do one repetition of the, of the activity for every two that the instructor is demonstrating. And certainly, if you're spinning, you've got to slow it down. Turn back the intensity on that thing. The long term, the duration of our exercise really should be that we want to see that heart rate in that range for no more than about 30 minutes in the beginning. 30 minutes of that aerobic activity, moderate aerobic activity, gives us a marvelous benefit for our cardiovascular system. But what if you are sick now? What do we do for those folks? Well, you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, nobody likes to get sick in the middle of winter. Three weeks into it, if you're coming down with something, we need some ideas on whether or not we should shut you down or let you keep going. Here's the red flag. Warning alarms going off. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not go to your next workout. I know you paid money for your membership, but these are times when you should not be exercising. The first one is if you've got a fever. If you've got a fever, you've got a temperature, an internal temperature of your body that's elevated above where it should be. One of the things that exercise does is it raises your body temperature. You're going to increase your heart rate and you're going to raise your temperature. If you've already got a fever, if your body's temperature is already elevated to begin with and you go work out and raise it higher, you could put yourself at a greater risk of having some other health problems spring up because of that episode right there. So if you've got a fever, you should not be exercising. If you've got shortness of breath during exercise or the morning after, that's also a good sign that you should take some time off. 
if you've got shortness of breath at any time during the activity or the next morning, you need to go see a doctor right away. There could be something going on in your lungs that the medical people need to get on top of immediately. Don't mess around with shortness of, of breath. If you wake up the following morning after an exercise session and you're still lightheaded and dizzy, there's something not right about your exercise the day before, or you've got something medically going on. These are all things that would push us to say, first of all, we're not going to go to the gym today. We're not going to get our normal workout in. And number two, we're going to go seek some medical attention. We're going to seek the professional's opinions. Let them decide what we need to do from here. If you're not having that big of a problem, should we continue? Well, if you just don't feel well enough to continue, you've just got a cold, you've just got a flu, there's lots of things that people have done for a long, long time, and all those things are probably valuable. You can go with those old home remedies, grandma's chicken soup. You can eat garlic. Some people do that. You can try mustard plasters. There's all kinds of old, old home remedies that people have done for centuries that people will swear by. When it's the cold, I think you're wor it's worth trying anything. My doctor has said that if you get lots of rest, drink your fluids, chicken soup, take some decongestants, take some over-the-counter stuff, your, your cold will be gone in about seven days. If you choose to ignore all that advice, your cold's going to last about a week. You can't hurt yourself by doing the old home remedies if it's just a cold. You can try some more modern-day things. Some, there's some essential oils out there. There's some herbs that have found some good results in helping the immune system respond and recover and work at its fullest and maybe give you a better chance to fight off that cold in a shorter period of time. It's worth trying. Maybe your condition's a little bit further advanced than that. You know that it's not just a cold, but you're not quite sure what it is. The medical community, the medical doctors have some good anti-flu medications. Those things can be worth checking out because they can get you back, back to health and back into the gym so that you continue your exercise habit again as soon as possible. Okay, so you're not sick. You're not down. How do we prevent you from going down that path, unfortunately? Well, let's try to prevent a breakdown. One of the ways that we could prevent uh, breakdowns and get, catching colds and flus is by going out and getting one of those chemical environmental isolation suits with the big helmets on it and the hoods on it and the self-contained breathers. Wear that into work when other people are coming down with colds and your family members are coming home and spreading germs around. Now, there's a couple of problems with that because most of us don't have those uh, suits. And second of all, we still have to go to work and we kind of look ridiculous trying to go to work in something like that. So they're not very practical. We're going to be around people that are germy, people that are spreading stuff. What do we do about that? We're trying to limit our exposure and try to give our body's immune system the best chance that it possibly have uh, to, to fight off the infections. We want to make sure that we bring our A game to the table when we start exercising. We want to bring our A game to the table anytime there's a lot of sickness and flus running around out there. What does that mean? Well, there's quite a few things that go into how we bring our A game. First of all, what are we putting into our bodies? Our nutrition. You gotta make sure that we're eating a good balance of foods. There's a tendency here, especially with people that are first starting to work out, to cheat a little bit. You know what? I went to the gym today. In fact, I went to the gym three times this week. You should have seen the sweat that was pouring off me all three of those times. I'm going to indulge myself this weekend in foods that I know are not necessarily the best choices for me donuts for breakfast, maybe some adult beverages to drink. We're going to make some choices that aren't the best for us, but we're going to justify it because we worked out hard this week. That's not a great idea because in the beginning, we don't want to do anything to derail our workout habits. We want to make sure that we're giving our body the best fuel possible to give us the best workout so we can get this habit established. Don't 
cheat on the good foods that you should be eating the first couple of weeks and those first three weeks. Make sure that you're healthy as we go through building this habit. In addition to the food that we put into our bodies, we want to think about what it is that we're drinking. We're going to need to be drinking more water than we usually have. For a lot of the reforming couch potatoes out there, they're going to go to the gym and they're going to do something that they haven't done for years and years and years, and that is sweat. Sweat is liquid water leaving our body. we got to replace that. So we need to replace it best with water as we're talking about exercise. I'm not saying we're going to go off the deep end and throw away everything else that we normally drink. I would never tell someone to get rid of their coffee. You know what? In the beginning, maybe what you need to do is cut back on your coffee a little bit. Order a smaller size coffee. Don't put as much sugar or don't have Starbucks put as much syrup into your coffee as you normally get. Cut back, scale back to a, a simpler version of the coffee. Cutting out caffeine altogether is a great way to develop an instant headache. Not a good idea. And it'll probably drive you a little bit crazy if you're a caffeine, a regular caffeine user like a lot of us are. What about sodas? What about iced teas? What about the sweet teas? I'm not saying you can't drink that stuff, but in the beginning, it's important for us to get more water into our diet because we're gonna be sweating out some of that water. So let's try to replace some of those other drinks with at least a little bit of water and give our body a better chance to stay fully hydrated. We talked eating, we've talked hydration. What about one of the other really, really important things, rest? This can be a real tough one. People are busy, we're all busy. We got those folks, we got the desk jockeys out there that are constantly driving their kids around. We got other people who are chauffeurs of their kids. We're just plain old busy folks, all of us are. It's gonna be really hard for you to carve out that time to get to the gym or to get that exercise in, but you're gonna to have to do that. Something is probably gonna to have to get sacrificed so that we can manage to get that in. Now, I hope that this is some kind of a bad habit that we can drop and plug exercise into. That's ideal. Get rid of a bad habit, plug in exercise, and it's a twofer. We get two great benefits of losing a habit and picking up a great habit, and we don't have to make any changes. Probably not gonna, not gonna happen. What's more typical is we're gonna have to sacrifice something. I got news for you. You're not Superman, you're not Superwoman. The only place you're gonna be wearing tights is when you're going to the gym. So get that idea right out of your head. You can't do everything. For the first two and three weeks especially, you need some extra rest. Something is gonna have to pay the price of your taking some time off from it. We're not talking about long term, we're not talking about forever, but in the beginning we've gotta get that extra rest. So rest, better nutrition, better hydration. If we can up those three things, if we can really bring our A game for those three things, we're gonna give our body the best chance it has to maintain a healthy, environment so we can keep on doing the exercise. That's the probably the most important stuff to talk about as far as illness prevention. You've got some ideas there on how we should work out. We don't want to work out too hard and we don't want to work out too long. We also want to make sure that at that three week mark, two and three week mark, we're giving our body the best chance to stay healthy, good nutrition. If you don't know what that looks like, check out the food pyramid. Let me give you one other su uh, suggested reference. www.com choosemyplate.gov. That's another resource that has some great information about what a healthy, balanced diet would look like. We talked about the ideas of hydration and what we should be drinking as well. So if we can put the type of exercise together with those three things, nutrition, rest, and hydration, we'll give our bodies the best chance possible to avoid getting sick and maintain that habit that we're trying to establish. If we can do that, we will be on our way to better health now.